Welcome to the Business Chef Podcast, where we learn from the best about the business side of the food service industry. Do you make food? Then let us help you make money doing it. Want to connect with us? Check us out at Make Food Make Money on Instagram or Facebook, or email us info at businesschef.org. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Business Chef Podcast with me, Chef Sean Boucher, joining us on another show. Man, you guys are great. I just have to say that this show is, man, this is kind of a full circle for me. This is one of those shows that I am just so honored and so grateful to be a part of because we get a very unique opportunity today to hear from a young culinary and a chef who has made a name for himself but also has has some things that he still wants to do i'm lucky enough to be associated with him because he was a former student of mine uh, back when i was teaching culinary school i do have to say he was one of the biggest and brightest and i have no problem saying that here to everyone out there because man as you'll see he he's got his act together so without further ado let me introduce the very talented Chef Tyson Peterson, and give you a chance to hear firsthand his story. Just on a path of not sure what to do, you know, it was early, my early 20s. Um, I wanted to do architecture, and I had pursued that. I went to school and tried to get my prerequisites so I could go to a university, and I just wasn't in my Math was super difficult, and uh, it was college. So I mean, there's pretty girls, and there's beer and other things. So that was kind of what I pursued. Funny thing about that college is I, the only class that I passed with flying colors was uh, a pottery class, and the instructor just loved me. And he's like, I can't. I have been looking for someone like you. Your creativity. Everyone else is just doing this to, you know, take an elective, but. You could tell because I had taken it in in high school and did really well. So that was something that I was passionate about, I guess, from an early age. And as as I was talking to family about how I didn't like the school, my mom, you know, she would always tell me, "Why don't you go to uh, do something else? Go to a trade school." And at the time when I was about to give up this first college, uh, she said there's a, a school that just opened up for culinary and I'd always kind of had a, a thing for cooking. I wasn't very good initially, but grandma, both gram, both of my grandmothers are incredible cooks and I've taken a lot of um, their things with me along the way. But about as soon as I got into an actual kitchen, the creativity just started to flow. Um, and then you and I met and culinary school was was kind of where I got my my feet wet into cooking and it's for me I think that I try to be a humble person I mean how do you say how do you tell people that you're humble <laughs> but it's all in who you know and the people you meet and I think I have a pretty easygoing personality so I get along with a, a whole bunch of people um, I remember how fun how much fun we had in in mostly your classes. Um, you were always firm, but fair, but you you like to have a good time as well. Um, and that I've always kept with me. 
So my first uh, culinary job was at Sur La Table. It was uh, a retail space that sold cooking equipment and all these gadgets. Um, and I worked in the, they also teach cooking classes. And I met a chef who, you know, gave me kind of some basic uh, rundown of how real kitchens work. And one thing leads to another. He, he liked me. We got along really well. And I said that I wanted to take a, you know, a bigger step and go work at a, a nicer restaurant. Um, and that's when he recommended that I talk to his buddy, Shane Baird. Um, and Shane was kind of the guy that was really, really integral in, in me stepping up my game. I didn't know it at first, but when I went to my interview, he actually had me pick him up at the, the bus stop in Park City, Utah, uh, a couple blocks away from the St. Regis. He had an apartment up there. And at the time, he was the senior sous chef for uh, Matt Harris, who was the chef de cuisine. Um, and the restaurant was uh, a John George restaurant in the St. Regis in Deer Valley. For that being my first official restaurant and kitchen, that was, I didn't know at the time. I mean, if I'm being honest, I didn't even know who John George was. Um, but the chefs, all, uh, my first chef told me to make sure that I looked him up before I took the interview. But um, after they, they had just opened in 2009, and I was there right after their first winter in 2010. I started in May. And I learned really quickly that I was not a very good cook as far as being in a professional kitchen. I mean, I had the creativity for a young guy, but I got my butt kicked so hard. That was, I mean, things progress as you get older and as you get more uh, talent or you're put into a different hotel or restaurant, there's different challenges that you go through. But as a young cook, that was, that was difficult. That was so hard. I, I got my butt kicked every day on pizza, uh, garmage, and I just I was going through kind of this phase of working full time at John George, going to school full time, trying to figure out if I really wanted to do it. And I was, you know, just like the last school that I went to, I was on the verge of giving up and just saying, I don't know if I want to do this. And it was in one of your classes. Um, we were, I can't remember exactly what type of cuisine we were cooking that day, but it was, I don't know. Anyway, I opened a jar of, or a bag of a whole peeled garlic. And I, I was in a bad state that day. I'd gone into class. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I was just about to give up and call my sous chef and tell him I didn't want to come into work the next day. And I opened this bag of garlic and it just, for some reason, it gave me this rush of, of energy. I could smell, you know, when you get really good garlic, it just, it's kind of intoxicating. And I, I tell people this all the time that garlic saved my career because it truly did. I know it's simple and it's silly or cliche, but just smelling that just took me out of my head, calmed me down. And I said to myself, yep, I'm going to do it. And I just went for it. So all those hard days I went through initially it John George just, they just went by the wayside. Um, I still had really rough days. I remember one day coming into work, I had been getting yelled at by my uh, chef de cuisine for 
of just making mistakes. And I think at that point they had given me a shot on a saute station and I was just failing miserably. Um, I just couldn't figure it out. I mean, and in retrospect, who knows how bad I was actually doing. They, they didn't immediately kick me off the line, but uh, you know, he wasn't happy with my performance. And so the next day I was super nervous to come into work and I pulled over and I threw up on the side of the road. That's how nervous I was. So, you know, after those kind of moments, you're, you're just like, do I really want to do this? Is this for me? Um, and then I was losing confidence. And then one day, uh, my sous chef Shane pulled me into the walk-in and I thought I was in trouble. Like he was going to fire me. And he said, I just want you to dig deep. I want you to figure this out. You know, I've put my name on you and I believe in you. And it was, it was cool to hear that from somebody who is, you know, about to be my, uh, lifelong mentor, but he had faith in me. And so I just kind of bucked up and, and got in there and I just, just focused like, there's something in, in certain people where they can just turn it on. Um, like Michael Jordan or Kobe, when they have that face where they're just LeBron or anybody, they just have that face when they're playing and they're like, I am going to win no matter what. And I remember feeling that, um, after I'd gotten that boost of confidence from, from my buddy and they put me, they, so they kicked me off of the dinner crew, put me on lunch. I was there for about three months. And after that, I had asked if I could come back to nights because um, I really wanted to give it another shot. And so this is like the, the part of my career where it's make or break, sink or swim. If I do it, then I'm going to feel good about myself and keep going. And if I can't figure it out, then maybe it's time to go to another another thing in life but I got on the station and I could just I was just focused I had taken notes on all the recipes um, all the plate ups which oil to use for which vegetable um, how to finish how to plate, taking pictures I was just fully invested and I crushed the station and the chef the uh, chef de cuisine at the time he had start, he started making comments like, oh, wow, you really turned it on, you know, like, good job tonight. And this guy didn't really hand out compliments very much, but um, to get a, an attaboy from him was huge. And, and you know, as things progressed, I I've did really well on saute. So this was after garmage and pizza, and then saute was kind of my uh, – me growing up as, as a – into like this adult uh, line cook. And I, I love that station. Even to this day, I could go back to that same restaurant with whatever uh, menu they had. And it's just, it's so much fun when you get into, when you're really good at it or when you're starting to get good at something, your body kind of just does the work for you. Um, muscle memory is definitely a real thing. I remember, um, I call it octopus hands. When you're plating, we would do at John George on a busy night, we would do easily 300 covers. And this is a, you know, a fancy restaurant and they're getting first course entree dessert at the very least, not to mention all the shared appetizers. So we were, we were jamming and all the entrees for the meat side, I had to pick up the vegetables for. And I remember 
getting my octopus arms gone and I was just spinning on my pivot foot and putting stuff in the salamander and basting the a rosé uh, vegetables and it, it you just it's almost like a dance or a ballet you just you can feel the smooth smoothness of everything and then you you think your mind thinks ahead okay my next step is to season this. My next step is to plate that. Oh, chef's yelling at me. I got to get him table 32 quickly. Um, and then once you have that kind of success, you just get addicted to it. You know, you get, you get a rush out of the service. Um, and that's what, that's what really hooked me. It's like those moments early on at JG um, just really, really sunk me into the, you know, the need to cook every day and the want to be creative. And and so after that, I uh, did really well on all the other stations. Um, I was there for from 2010 to 2014. And every year um, I was given kind of a promotion. So you start off at a cook three. Uh, and then I got promoted to cook two the year later, got promoted to cook one a year later. Um, and then the last year I was there, I got promoted to sous chef and looking back, I still can't believe how it just felt like it was, a it was quick. It went by and I can't believe how, how fast I had progressed, especially from not being confident on my first, you know, at least three to six months. And then four years later, I'm a sous chef for a, a Michelin star chef and there were so many techniques that I picked up. Um, I loved culinary school. I loved my instructors and my, um, my, my mates, you know, but I can't tell you how much I learned and how quickly I learned, you know, working for this, this chef, um, and all the mentors and all the cooks. So like, I feel like I grew up real quick and for other people that are trying to think about, should I get into culinary, um, you don't have to go to school, even though I had a good time. I don't think that you have to go to school to be really, really good or really talented. Um, you just got to, like I said earlier, you got to know the right people. You got to get in. You got to make friends. You got to work your butt off and give yourself boosts of confidence along the way. Um, but so that leads into other things. I was kind of burnt out at John George. I had literally from starting day one until I got sous chef, that was kind of a, a milestone for me. Um, and I just, I was, I was done. I was like, I feel like I know everything. I've made all these recipes a thousand times. I've made more tuna, tar John George tuna tartars and John George, uh, mussels than, you know, than a lot of people I've cooked <laughs> so many things repetitively. They're just, I could make it from scratch without a recipe probably right now if I had the ingredients. Um, but so I left, so I was kind of following my mentor, Shane. Um, he had left after he had been, been promoted to exec sue and chef de cuisine. And so he was on to other things and he opened up a brew house, a second brew house for the Wasatch and squatters group down, uh, downtown Salt Lake. And so I helped him with the Park City property. Um, I helped him open up the 
Salt Lake City property with my, I think I was with them for three months when I got a phone call from um, one of my buddies, Jason, and the old, the GM of the St. Regis had moved on to another company. Um, they were opening a bunch of hotels all over the United States. And my buddy Jason recommended me as the potential executive chef for one of their properties. So I get a phone call from his name, Stan and Stan, Stan calls me and says, Hey, are you, you think you're ready to be an executive chef and, you know, being a cocky sous chef that has worked for a John George restaurant and all the things that I had accomplished. I, in my head, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's jump, you know? So I flew out did an interview and I guess they had, they liked me enough to give me a shot. And so we opened a Le Meridian hotel in downtown Indianapolis. It was the formerly the Canterbury hotel that has a lot of history in the, in the city. Um, and we had re the company that I had worked for remodeled it from floor to ceiling, every single level, beautiful, brand new Le Meridian's a luxury hotel. And I felt like the king of the castle. I felt like I had basically won the lottery, you know, cause they had put, I think I was, I was 29. I was 29 years old and I was the executive chef of a, a luxury hotel in a downtown uh, major city. So that was, that was super cool. That was a lot of more hard work. Um, they gave me a lot of creative freedom with the menu. Um, it was nice because downtown Indianapolis, it's not like in LA or in New York um, or even in Chicago. It's, it's a lot of um, hometown feel. We still did a lot of really cool high-end food, um, you know, fancy plate-ups and stuff like that every once in a while. But it was a nice jump from being a sous chef to my first true um, – Oh, now I'm in charge of an operation. Um, I definitely learned a lot there. There was some successes and, and failures that I experienced along the way. Um, and I mean, there's so many stories from floods to, you know, machine equipment not working and theft of major uh, appliances like a deep fryer, brand new deep fryer got stolen when we were opening. Um, just a lot of stuff that I learned. I had to fire people. I had to hire people. You know, it's for a 29 year old. I, I feel like a 29 year old is a young person. And that definitely gave me a bunch of gray hair. I remember calling my mentors, calling my, my dad for advice all the time. Um, and I ended up leaving there. Um, didn't love how I had left. I didn't want to leave the way I left. I left on good terms and everyone missed me, but I just, I love that operation so much. I wish I would have been able to do more. Um, but once again, it's all in who you know. So now I'm in Vail. I went to a wedding for my buddy, Chris Okamura, and he was taking over at operations. He was the F&B director for the place that I work now. Um, and I was at his wedding and he said, Hey, I'm looking for, uh, an executive chef. Are you interested? And the timing couldn't have been better. And so I've been, I've been here as executive chef for a little over two years. Last November was my second year. Um, 
and things are going pretty well. It was, it was super rough when I got there, but my team is, is amazing. And we flipped the place around, um, so much so that, uh, last year, uh, I was nominated and won manager of the year for our property. And I've never even been nominated in my life. So if that says anything, you know, about my success and, and growing up and making moves and just trying to hustle the whole time. So now I'm talking to you and that's kind of where I'm at now. <laughs> you know, at the first of the show, I promised you that he was one of the brightest, one of the biggest, one of the best. And I think now you can see that there's a reason that when you're persistent, when you're passionate and when you get to know people and network, you really can make an incredible career. Hey, thanks for sticking around. Be sure to share this podcast with your friends, family, co-workers, or anyone who's interested in making food and money. And when you get a second, give us a review. It really helps us get the word out as well as letting us know how we're doing. Want to connect with us? Check us out at Make Food, Make Money on Instagram or Facebook. Or email us, info at businesschef.org.